What's an estuary? An estuary is where rivers meet the sea. The fresh water from the rivers mixes with salt water from the ocean. What happened to it? Pollution, trash, like this. Some plants are dying and no longer hold the earth, so the water has gotten dirty. As plants rot, they also use up the oxygen the fish need. The decay is spreading through the estuary. Now even the ocean is getting dirty. That's a clip from Water Life, where the ocean meets the sea. It's a National Ocean Service online game that launched earlier in the year. The scene is from the beginning of the game when a young girl named Valerie meets Oscar the Otter. Together, these characters set out to restore Oscar's home, a polluted estuary. So kids who play Water Life journey along with these characters to learn about the factors that make healthy estuaries, about food webs, and they learn along the way why estuaries are essential to ocean life and to humans. Well, on today's episode, we talk with one of the key people behind the Water Life Project about how and why the game was made and why educational games are an increasingly important tool for teaching kids in the 21st century. It's October 28, 2009, and this is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. Well, today we're talking about NOAA's first big foray into the world of educational gaming. The game's called Water Life, as you know. It aims to be fun to play and also teach young people about science and conservation. Games like this are increasingly popular, and that's, of course, because kids like to play games quite a lot. That's probably not an earth-shattering revelation to you, but what might surprise you is just how much they are playing games today. There are studies out that show that 97% of teens aged 12 to 17 play games, and on average, students spend about as much time each day on homework as they do playing video games. Well, Peg Stefan gets this. Peg is the education director for the National Ocean Service, and she led the development team that created NOAA's Water Life game. She says that games like Water Life are increasingly important to meet the needs of what she calls digital natives, children who've grown up surrounded by digital technology. We're finding that games are becoming more and more highly thought of in the educational world as a tool to keep digital kids interested in school. Digital students now are different than they were 15 years ago. They need different kinds of methodologies. They don't tend to want to sit and do worksheets anymore. They want to be more highly engaged in collaborative activities, in group activities, in problem solving, in uh, meeting challenges, and especially they're very interested in meeting some environmental challenges. And games like this can help fill that need. Well, educational games are all about keeping digital kids engaged, Peg said that it's also about ensuring that kids today are able to compete and excel in the world down the road. In other words, games like Water Life are about teaching important concepts. They can also be powerful tools to help develop important life skills. Those skills include things like strategic thinking, um, interpretive analysis, problem solving, collaboration, critical thinking. And educational games can be used to develop these critical skills and help to uh, address that pressing need for the United States to strengthen its education system and to prepare these young people for 21st century jobs. Our website also includes a lot of additional information about careers, uh, links to educational activities and curricula, materials about what it's like to be a 
marine mammal ecologist, for example, and help students find information on the web that might lead them down the path to a science or technology career. That website that Peg just mentioned is called Planet Arcade, and it's at games.noaa.gov. The flagship game on the site is the Water Life Game, but it's not the only offering kids will find there. Games.noaa.gov is a website that we hope children will visit regularly to understand more environmental issues. And so we have populated it with a number of games that we've produced, including our signature game, which is Water Life, Where Rivers Meet the Sea. But then we have also done some mini-games taken from some of our other offerings and put that on the website in addition to adding links to other games from other federal agencies and partners that have things that will help students understand environmental issues like beach cleanup, whale migration, ocean challenge puzzles, and some other things. So so we've featured some things from the EPA, from uh, National Geographic, from uh, National Marine Sanctuaries, from Ocean Explorer. So there's a number of highlighted games, but we call it our Planet Arcade because it does have an environmental twist to it. So we hope that students will kind of know that games.noaa.gov is the place to go for fun things about the environment, and it's getting a lot of traffic. Now, when Peg's group first started looking into developing the Water Life game, the first challenge was to come up with a good topic. She said it was clear from the start that it needed to be something with a lot of rich content, and it needed to be a topic that tapped into the expertise of NOAA people. After a lot of brainstorming, the team decided to focus on estuaries. I think because there were a lot of complex biological content issues and things that are already found within teachers' curricula and within the science standards in quite a few coastal states. And we thought that this game would be something that would be not only fun for students, but useful in the classroom, too. So we thought that this had the opportunities for understanding water systems and ecological uh, food webs and understanding some of the issues of pollution, looking at marine debris, looking at some really fun critters, and those kinds of things all wrapped up into a really nice package. Now, the next challenge was to figure out how to actually construct the game. While Noah had the expertise for the content, Peg's group had to look outside for expertise in gaming, graphic design, and programming. And that led to a first-of-its-kind partnership with students from the Computer Gaming and Simulation Program at Maryland's Montgomery College, located only a few minutes from the NOAA campus. It's really tough to build a game with the internal capabilities that NOAA has. We really don't have a staff large enough to produce a game, and we don't have a staff that's knowledgeable enough to produce a game like this. And this is an educational game, which is a serious game with a purpose, which is a little different than the typical shoot 'em up games that you find um, commercially available. But we were able to develop a partnership with Montgomery College, and they have a gaming and simulation department there. We were able to work with the professor there who garnered the people power through her student population, who worked for about a year to put the game together. And they worked on their off hours, and sometimes they worked as part of their regular college work. And some of them were developing simulations. Some of them were developing the background coding. Some of them were doing the artwork. 
Some were doing the voiceovers and the music, and then they put the whole package together in the game that was launched in April. This partnership solved two problems. Noah got the expertise needed to build a top-notch game, and the students at the college got invaluable work experience. One of the biggest problems in game development is very high cost. And in order to put together a game like this, the students who develop the game need to have some experiences in their college career in order to go out afterwards and get a job. So having a game like this developed under their watch means that they now have something on their resume that looks really good. And so they can go out after college and get a job and point to this as being a product that they worked on when they were in college. And so they're very, very agreeable in working with us and working very long hours in order to get the product done. So it was, it's a win-win. You know, we get the game developed using content that NOAA approves. They develop a product that is then used on their resume. So it's a win-win, and we get a game that's done at a very low cost. As the Montgomery College students worked on the components of the game, the NOAA group focused on developing the content and figuring out how to present information in an interesting way. The challenge was putting all of these moving pieces together. Developing an educational game is a lot more complex than just developing a lesson plan. Usually a lesson plan has one purpose at the end. This particular game that we have developed has a series of objectives in terms of understanding the food webs and the parts of the food webs, understanding what recycling is, understanding different kinds of pollution. This is a much broader topical area than a typical lesson plan would be. We're finding that students take 30 to 50 minutes to play the game, and we hope that they learn a few important points along the way. It's not that they're going to be a coastal manager when they're done, but they'll have a better sense about the coastal ecosystem and why it's important. So it's been different in order to try to visualize what is the purpose and then what's an interesting challenge that we can develop to get students to understand what it is we're trying to teach. And it takes a lot more time because you have the graphics and the coding and what kind of a game are you playing and then, you know, what are the people saying, what's the script, what's the music behind it. And it's, uh, it's almost like developing a movie, you know, in terms of all the different parts and pieces that have to come together for this game. While the completed game has been out in the wild for a while now, Peg said it's still early to know exactly how well the game is working. Well, we know that this game has a huge potential to reach 50 million pre-kindergarten to a high school student population. And we know that we're getting the word out, but it's still very early to know that very many people are using it. We're collecting web statistics. We know we've reached tens of thousands of people so far, but we don't really have the formal evaluation back yet to know what students are actually learning. While Peg's team is now putting together a formal evaluation tool to collect information from classrooms and from individual students, she said that they've received a lot of anecdotal evidence that show that kids like it and they're learning something. One of the main points of the game was that they understand the threats to estuaries and some things that they can do to help estuaries. And so in all the preliminary testing that we did with students, when we did very simple questioning. We said, you know, do you know what an estuary is? And before they started the game, they'd say, no. After they finished the game, they knew what an estuary was. Do you know what some of the threats to estuaries are? Before the game, they didn't know. Afterwards, they do. 
So we're happy that they at least are picking up the main points of an estuary and the threats. So I think from that standpoint, we're very happy with the results. So while water life appears to be a success, Peg said it's only the beginning. There's another game in the works, and once again, Noah is teaming up with the computer gaming and simulation students from Montgomery College. The new game is about loggerhead turtles. And by the way, you'll hear Peg mention TEDS here. TED stands for Turtle Exclusion Device. They're clever designs that allow turtles to escape from fishing nets. We haven't determined the name yet, but it's looking at all of the stakeholders in preserving loggerhead turtle populations, and especially preserving and protecting nesting sites. So the game is looking at the perspective of a politician who's developing laws. It's looking at stakeholders like fishermen, tourists, beachgoers, environmentalists. It's also looking at the turtle perspective and the whelk, which is a food source for turtles. So it's an interesting scenario in which the player takes the position of each one of those stakeholders and then tries to manage their actions based on their options. So for the fishermen, they have to make choices in terms of what gear will they use, uh, whether they use hooks or nets or nets with teds, which allow turtles to get out. And if they use certain kinds of nets, they won't make as much money. And so they have to make some real-life decisions based on choices that are available to them and whether they will be catching turtles, which hopefully they don't. Well, the new game will benefit from the experience the team gathered from Waterlife, and they've learned a lot, not only about how to construct a complex educational game, but more importantly, maybe how to make it fun so kids will want to play it. I think keeping it fun, don't make a game too heavy because students won't play it. But students like a challenge, they like to solve problems, and they like to solve environmental problems. They also love cute critters. Oscar the sea otter is very lovable. And the next game has an adorable sea turtle. And that will keep the girls coming. We found that girls love to solve challenges and problems and help animals. And so if we keep going down the path that we've been doing, we're pretty positive that we'll have a, a nice population of, of students that will try out our games and like them. But there is a lot of competition for their time. There's an amazing amount of websites out there that students go back to over and over and over again. And the trick is finding that mix of fun challenges that students will come back and try over and over again. And that was Peg Steffen, Education Director with the National Ocean Services Communication and Education Division. Many thanks to Peg for joining us for the episode. And once again, the website where you can find Water Life and a bunch of other educational games is games.noaa.gov. And surf over to oceanservice.noaa.gov for more NOS education content produced by PEGS Group, ranging from tutorials and case studies for students to lesson plans and professional development for teachers. And of course, you can also find the latest NOS news and information there. If you have any questions about this week's podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean, send us an email at nos.info at noaa.gov. Now let's bring in the ocean. And you've been listening to Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service, and we hope you'll be back with us in a couple of weeks for the next episode.